She stood, five foot six wide-eyed, lace-front closure, seeking closure from the man she once knew. Though he loved her, his actions dismiss all claims like the waiver we must sign just in case we get hurt at the trampoline park who is not responsible for any falls and she fell heart first into head over heels for a man who needs a little more than the mother in her his wounds scream aloud like standing in the middle of a busy two-way new york street invisible to what surrounds and she was unaware neither are to blame for the lessons life lied about because trauma isn't always visible to the naked eye it comes up in conversation spills over when sense ain't so common where actions trample over words unspoken he meant well Saw different in her, wanted to exchange all his sense to change for her. He meant well, but didn't see different in him. Did not know what different meant, looked like unattainable because his body still succumbed to what his mind couldn't find pleasure in. And he knew mama ain't raised no fool and daddy. Daddy taught so many lessons in his silence, absent from the scene of the crime of broken boy left bleeding in the open, crying out to know the truth of why daddies always go missing in the narrative of little black babies, or maybe he just needed hope. Found inside the arm of five-foot-six wide-eyed girl who knew all too well the smell of brokenness, yet also well was attracted by the scent, because absent daddies must have been childhood friends, and it only makes sense that brokenness finds safety in each other. And she knew. Mama ain't raised no fool, but she loved potential for the sake of knowing he could be better, do better. By all means, he was a king in need of a queen, but we often forget. Brokenness stays broken when no one challenges the sickness of same old story to get well. And these antibodies need anybody to say enough is enough. Wake up and smell the aroma of something must change in the morning. These cold frostbitten hearts didn't understand why different turned out to be the same. Oh, our pain in this kitchen tastes no different than our parents' love story because they knew they both wanted better but still wallowed in the dirt of staying in the same old cycle. Girl meets boy, boy emotionally unavailable, breaks girl's heart because she played overcritical to her own sound, drowning him in the house of her past. Fed up boy repeats cycle and a presence of safety becomes a battlefield. And though mama ain't raised no fool, who will come out on top? Who's the antagonist of this story? Neither. For 200, please. It's in the unseen that drives the heart to do what the mind all too well knows it should not do. And it's internal two members wage war against each other where we won't make no excuses, but we will extend a hand of mercy for our battle. It's not against flesh and blood or boy versus girl. She's not wrong for wanting his best and he's not wrong for seeing his mother in her. Problem is we attract where we are and by no means are we to be perfect, but by all means individually should be complete to be whole in emotions and thoughts where everything ain't personal and offense was evicted long ago where two healthy individuals come together for one common goal to leave this world a little bit better than when they were of it to be in it and not influenced by it to be a good thing together finding favor providing communication and conversations of corrective experiences to decide together will be better for the sake of the generations to come where therapy isn't taboo and depression isn't a weighted jacket where in exchange for our heaviness we receive this garment of praise thank god closure does come and this story does indifferent and mama's prayers were always heard and together they became better apart and together they both stumbled upon christ come to him all who are weary and burdened for he will give you rest all was needed was to stop and retrace the steps found at the unstable foundation to start again and closure did come and the authority that already won the victory upon the cross was tagged in and the rose is still growing 
And the vision is seen by keeping it real with ourselves, reflecting from the inside out and submitting to the sanctification process. And it looks like cycles broken, new stories to be written. And two individuals, despite the odds, refuse to quit because their source turned off of themselves and onto the one who could truly fix it. The show must go on. You are listening to Naked and Exposed, the podcast, season three, where we discover the power behind our voice, own our stories, and make it look good. I'm your host, Janae. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to today's episode. It's bittersweet. I know you've been enjoying the bonus episodes and the surprise introductions of the bonus episodes, but guys, we are at the end of season three. Can you believe it? We have been on this journey of realizing that the show must go on. Y'all, I can't believe it. Like this season has been bittersweet. It's been the most vulnerable season of mine because I've kind of just been bringing you guys into the process and kind of just showing you like, like this thing is real. Like God is real. God is with us and he desires us to be completely sold out for him. He desires for us to seek first his kingdom and righteousness, knowing that everything we need will be added on to us. And it's okay to ask for what we want. And this is a lesson that I'm learning in real time for myself, but it's this notion that God already knows what we need. And as we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. But the key word there is delighting ourselves in him. My God, we just thank the Lord for relationship. We just thank the Lord for community. We just thank the Lord for process. And so the whole point of the show must go on was this notion of what do we do even when we don't feel like it, even when it's uncomfortable, will we still dig into the mental fortitude, the courage in the midst of adversity and still show up, still do the very things that are uncomfortable? For example, I was talking to a friend and I've been having conversations like this of just about Hosea, like we have an example of somebody who God clearly instructed to marry a prostitute and still be faithful to her, still love her, still show up because it was a prophetic sign of redemption in regards to God's steadfastness, patience towards us, even in his frustration. And so we know that God has emotions. However, his anger doesn't turn him to sin. Our anger turns us to sin. Okay, you see the difference? Because God's nature is good, but God still has emotions. God still feels. We are created in his image and his likeness. And so it's this reality that it's okay to feel what you feel, but don't stay there. And so the truth is this poem that you guys heard at the beginning that is ending out this season is really a reflection from the episode where I talked about the apology that never came. God, I thought you said he was my husband. It was, it's really the embodiment of where I am. It's this notion that sometimes brokenness attracts brokenness. Like familiar spirits are a thing. Like we hear vibes and energy and and saging. And I want, you know, like, no, like it's a familiar spirit. Like it's, it's, it's a familiar spirit. It's a dark spirit. And All you need is the blood of Christ. All you need is to invite God in and to allow God to purge and and prune and purify and get our emotions to a stable place. And then you'll realize that you are a more positive person. You are more, more of a person who walks with peace. And so it's this journey of, it's like me, but it's not me. It's almost like third, like a, you know, third person point of view where it's this reality that sometimes In our brokenness, we still desire to be the best to that person that we desire in a moment. But what if this person was just 
the vehicle? What if this person was just the way in which God was going to use in the immaturity to get us to a place of maturity? Like, what if the goal was never marriage? What if the goal was never a long-time relationship? What if the goal was never a long-term friendship, but it was solely to show us like, hey, because you're in, in this immature state, because you're broken and because you do desire to be with me, I'm going to allow this situationship to go forth, but I'm going to use it to get you to me. I'm going to use it to get you back into the place of how I desire you to be so that I can start to deal with your desires. And as we go into relationship together as daughter or son and father, daughter and father, I begin to show you the truth of who you are. And it's in the truth of who you are. You realize that the whole point of marriage, the whole point of relationship is to glorify the Lord. And it kind of gets to this place where we accomplished everything we could in our singleness and together we would be better for advancing the kingdom. But let's show up in that whole. Let's not repeat the mistakes of our parents past. Let's not repeat the mistakes of the generations that weren't able to endure and have the fortitude to remain in the commitment. Like marriage is like, y'all, like it's no joke out here in these streets. Like it's, it's a dying to self. Like both sides have to die. Both sides have to compromise. Both sides have to come together. And, and for some of us, we have never allowed ourselves to just be alone and alone doesn't equate to being lonely. It just means that I am secure enough in my singleness. I am getting the maximized efforts, maximizedness. I'm trying to put it together. Y'all bear with me because your girl is, I don't know. I don't even know if that was a word, but it's the reality that what if we maximized our singleness, accomplished everything we could here so that by the time the person came, God's like, look up, there they are. By the time they came, you're so busy doing the work of the kingdom that the only reason you look up is because God instructs you to. Like, we got to get to a place where we stop looking at singleness as taboo. We got to get to a place where we stop giving up our bodies for the sake of feeling love. Like, there is a place of holiness. There is a place of purity that God desires for us to step into. And it's when we can get our hearts together and deal with our perspectives and come to know God as a father. He can start to rewrite the narratives of our perceived perspectives. And when you start to ask God for his lens, you start to realize like some of the stuff we went through was because of a decision that we made and decisions have consequences, whether good or bad. We talked about that in a previous season. Every decision that we make is either tied to life or death. And God gives us the option to choose life and blessings or death and curses. We have the option to decide like this life, this journey is active participation. And are you willing to participate actively for your healing? Are you willing to participate actively for the sake of those that are called to your life? Like it is not about us. The whole point of this is to basically what Genesis says to be fruitful, multiply, have dominion and subdue the earth. Like there's a goal and it's to save souls for the kingdom due to this fallen nature due to sin and iniquity, like the whole point is to take it off of ourselves and put it back on our purpose, put it back on solely being sons and daughters in the kingdom. And it's from that place, that postured place of being a child of God, we can start to see things differently and we can start to walk after the things of the Lord differently. And before you know it, you realize like, hey, 
your father was everything that he could be because of everything that he had access to. And where he lacks, God makes up for the rest. And God will send people who can give you the different components. But the reality is, is you can't get everything from one person because then you make them an idol. And we don't want that. God is a jealous God. He is what the one and only. Okay. And so it's this notion that our, our source is Christ. And from that place of having Christ as our center, we're able to recognize that God uses different people in different seasons to help get us to place A and B. And then not being afraid to, to just do the hard work, not being afraid to have the uncomfortable conversations. Like, like y'all, it's okay to change. I'll be the first one to tell you. It's, it's okay to change. It's uncomfortable. It, it may not be fun but it's okay to change. It's okay to be truthful with yourself and even write a letter to yourself from the third person point of view, like kind of tell your story in a, in an interesting way so that you can see what it looks like from an aerial perspective of endurance, of fortitude, of showing up, even when it doesn't feel like it, of believing that this one thing is going to happen, but it's because in your immaturity, God had to let it happen so that you could get the grounding that you needed in order to completely surrender it over once you got to that place. Like God knows where we are. He knows everything we've, we've gone through and everything we will do. Like nothing catches him by surprise. And he's such a good and loving father that he will use the junk to get us to the place of provision. He will use the junk to get us to the place of stability. And it's all about surrender. It's all about heart posture. So truth is, God is good. Truth is, God loves us. Like, that's the truth. It's not even the the faultiness of the perspective of what we believe the person we thought we would be with, like, what what that looked like. Because some of us have, like, visualized and kind of, oh, this is what it's going to look like. But God throws a curveball because he knows what's best. He knows what's needed to sustain the calling. He knows what's needed to sustain the calling on your life. Come on, y'all. Get it together. Get it together. And I'm getting together, too. I'm getting it together, too. So it's okay. We in this together. We're in this. We're all in this together. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Kevin, you can cut that out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, So this is good. So I love you guys. I thank you for journeying with me. If you aren't aware, y'all, we have a showcase coming up on July 17th, 2021. It's a virtual experience, so you can go on over and purchase your tickets. Go ahead and get your tickets. It's going to be an amazing testimonial type of atmosphere. Like, this is the season that God really wants to show himself to you. And from this place of inspiration and impartation, you'll start to see God moving in supernatural ways in your own life. Like, God is so intentional. Like, God is so intentional, okay? Okay, so go ahead and get your tickets. If you have any questions and kind of just want to chat or receive weekly, daily motivation, please text me at 919-568-5610. Again, that's 919-568-5610. But I'll see you guys in season four and get ready because it's going to be only up from here. Your identity birthed out of brokenness speaks to the testimony God is writing to set you free. Change is inevitable. Therefore, when you find yourself back at the bottom of the mountain, don't be afraid to climb up it again. This time, 
taking everything you've learned in the last season to venture further than no eyes have seen or ears have heard who you will become. And the only reason you will have to look back is to see how far you've come. Keep going. Whatever you do, just keep going. We accepted the challenge, and yes, it hurts to heal, but healing does come. And we must speak to the mountain move because the show must go on because it's only up from here. So keep going. Holla! I thank you guys for listening to today's episode and I'm hoping that you have a journal, that you've taken some notes, that you reflect and process through some of the things that we discussed today on how you can show up with God. I would love to stay connected with you. You can follow me at underscore Janae Carly on Instagram or just visit my website, JanaeCarly.com. Holla.